Welcome, welcome, welcome to On Deck with Tony and Ken. Ken, how are you doing? How are you doing? It is 2021. How are you feeling? Um, I'm good, my guy. I'm, I'm, I'm really, really good. Um, we finally made it. Um, we've hopefully crossed over the, the uh, well, the barrier of the dreaded 2020. Hopefully, this is the final yeah. season of this Black Mirror episode. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm uh, back to school tomorrow. For the people that don't know, I'm a maths teacher. And yeah. The two weeks have been fun. Um, all the hate mail from people saying that we hate that you get so many so much time off. It's finally done. So yeah, back to the uh, to the slog of it. Actually, funny enough, we're not back to anything. Um, it is going to be inset days for a couple of days, but because of I don't know if anyone's been watching the news, because of the way things have been in the world, we're actually going to do a lot of home uh, home teaching. So it's going to be. Um, teaching classes from home so that's going to be fun but uh, yeah man how about you Tony what have you been up to uh, how you feeling uh, me I've been I've been alright mostly um, finishing off some of that hate mail that um, <laughs> I was sending you because I only get like what um, three days off total obviously I can book off more uh, annually but I'm not educating the youth um, so I don't get any free time off uh, other than that just chilling um, I actually slept through uh new year's i just felt really tired maybe i was just tired of the year and just looking to be fresh refresh for the uh the next year but other than that it was chilled um did you did you partake in anything did you go out fireworks anything like that it's funny that you said fireworks with with the fireworks i um i spent the majority of my time in my bed um (laughs) Mm -hmm. i I slept through them i think i was in bed by 10 o'clock because i was like all right cool let's just hope that i wake up in the new year and nothing has exploded but no no um yeah. i watched the fireworks the day after after they were uh, talking about the different things that came up from the fireworks such as the uh black lives matter fist the big 2020 i think it was all over the o2 yeah it, it was it was yeah. that much so no i didn't do anything there was no um happy new year big celebration it was oh hmm, the sun is up it must be the new year <laughs> and, and mm-hmm. that's all i really uh experienced i mean how about yourself how did you take the end of last year I took it kind of, it kind of strange, um, like during my period of time, because I went to bed super early and I was in the middle of the weirdest dream. I think I was like, I felt like I was in a battlefield. Like it was, I was in the trenches in world war one. So as the like fireworks are going off and crashing, they exploded. I'm, I'm literally having both a sensory overload of actual war in my head than like having the sound effects to go with it. So suffice to say, 2021 led me into like a bit of psychosis. I felt like I actually did go through war. No disrespect for anybody that's actually been through war. It's probably like really, really bad. But um, that's not a good way to wake up when you're you're actually sweating a little bit because you thought somebody was bombing you. But um, I guess that's how it is um, every year. But it's I think... It's still early. I I think we're going to have like weeks of people doing fireworks, at least in my area. Like they love fireworks in my area. So I guess we just have to see how that goes. But uh, besides from that, um, video games. Um, I think, I don't know about many people these days, if they're still playing Call of Duty, I'm still playing it. Um, I find playing it drunk really fun. It f- For some reason, it makes me a better player. Really? I don't know why, but... Yeah, it's weird. It's like I have a few. I have a few drinks. Recently, I've been. Uh, my my girlfriend got me a bottle of um, of whiskey. I have a little mixer, and like 
I start shit talking. I'm a little bit loose. I'm taking people down. I feel like John Wick. Actually, my friends actually call me John Wick when we're playing online because I've taken out a few people just with a pistol. But um, it's it's pretty fun. It's pretty fun. Uh, just chilled after that. Just called it a night. Say, hey, it's it's fine. It's fine. But um, oh, yeah, we, on that we note, try that sometime. <laughs> oh, it's fun. Like you know, we definitely need to do that with gears. Um, I'm I'm up. You know, we're always available to play gears. So. Let me know. We'll do that. I need to actually go to the shops because my alcohol supply seems to be at zero. I went to a bit. I went a bit in, and it wasn't celebrating New Year's. It's just maybe I'm a closet alcoholic. I don't. Yeah, really yeah. Know. Do, do, do but, we need to have um, a meeting, bro? Like we might have to have a conversation about that later on. <laughs> um, that sounds. Uh, we'll see. It's kind of dark still, <laughs> but no, no, it's fine. You're in high spirits. Hopefully, uh, you haven't had your alcohol today. <laughs> but uh, no, 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 I haven't had anything today. You know, all I've had is. Uh, Apple juice, apple juice. Is that what they call it these days. Uh, so, yes, my my secret happy apple juice. Right, right. <laughs> but um, speaking of uh, happy juice, did you drink over New Year's? No, I've been um, oddly enough, I've been trying to drink more water. So mm-hmm. what I have been doing is drinking a crazy amount of water. So I've got this big two point five liter bottle that I bought off Amazon and trying to complete it uh part of the whole new well not necessarily new year new me but this is a constant <laughs> program i'm going to talk about that in a second but it's a constant uh thing for me where i'm always trying to think okay what what can i do this like this week or this month or whenever uh not this new month but just in general to actually just better myself because i'm not saying that um i'm an unhealthy person but you know let, let me just not get my pro- uh, get myself problems later on in life then we actually mm-hmm. live mm-hmm. a healthier life um and i think you did that quite recently well i say recently but um uh in 2020 uh during the start of it where you uh cut out meat i think you cut out yeah 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 it's been it's been officially just over a year now yeah. uh well Technically, I actually didn't start in 2020. I actually started in 2019, um, around December 2019. I just uh, made a decision. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try go meatless. Uh, it was actually because of my younger brother. He he's he's very, very much into sport. Plays a, fo- a lot of football, and he he mostly did it for training purposes. He thought, that, let me try out a vegan diet. I didn't go as far as vegan. I'm still eating fish. Uh, but I took out I took out red meat and chicken, which wasn't very difficult for me, mostly because I reached a point like when you're working out, you know, going to the gym, like the main thing you can have is kind of, you know, chicken. Some people have like, you know, steak as well, depending on how much protein you want to get into your system to, to, to bulk up. But I found, you know, whether you're bulking up or trimming, you can you can do lean meats. Uh, but I found I reached a point where I was, I was having it so often I was getting bored of it. And when I made this transition to say, you know, let me cut out chicken, let me ch- cut out red meat, it was it was very easy. Um, I've been exploring fish, which was difficult for me in the past. I find a lot of different fish kind of disgusting, you know, just in, in concept. When you think of a fish, you look at a fish, they're not a sexy animal. You don't feel like, you know, hey, I want to get down with a fish. Nor should you think about... Whoa. Animals um, in a sexual manner, unless you're, you know, into bestiality, that's your thing. Bro, I ain't gonna. Why, why are we here? <laughs> We've landed somewhere. I'm just saying. <laughs> We've landed <laughs> under the sea, under the sea, all, all of a sudden. 
anyway, <laughs> anyway, but yeah, no. So uh, I had an issue when I was younger. I had uh, I had some fish. A bone got dislodged in my throat. Oh no! Or lodged in my throat, should I say? And I almost choked to death. And ever since then, it kind of messed me up. So I tend to avoid fish. So when I do have fish, it's like steak cuts, like okay. literally filleted. Yeah. So it'll be sea bass, salmon. a bit of, you know, salmon. I want to get into tuna, not canned tuna, but a fresh tuna steak because I've heard it's quite meaty. So right. um, I want to I wanna get into that. But um, besides from that, that has been my year. It's been more than a year of that. And I don't, I don't feel like I need to go back. Although there's been a few times I've rolled by a chicken and chip shop and I said, ah, oh, I smell you again, my old friend, and just kind of <laughs> had to swiftly walk away because you know it's a dangerous thing. Um, but yeah, that's that's been my year. What about you? Um, did you did you give up anything? What can you remember significant over this year besides from the obvious of the big C? Um, what was significant for you over this year? Wait, what? The big C can mean multiple things, my guy. Um, what's the big C? We know we we all, we all know what's the big C, and I'm not referring to like you know that that slur that we give to people you know, or that term of endearment. I'm talking about the COVID, you know, the vid, the Rona. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it's my choice to give up the COVID. Um, if you get it, you get it. <laughs> um, yeah. But no, the the only thing that I've given up is Coke. Um, I've given up mm-hmm. Coke. Um, oh, the other big C. <laughs> okay. uh, yeah, Coca-Cola more specifically, uh, not the uh, other Coke. Um, mm-hmm. No, no, very clean, clean living. Um, I used to drink it a lot, sugar, was my thing and i just thought let me just try water and i just felt better i felt considerably better just drinking more water to the point where it's my drink of choice anytime there's a meal um at well anywhere i my first choice is water if not of course man you gotta love that government juice like where would we be without the government juice? personally though i will say this um you know i don't know whether you've noticed there's been like this big campaign for years now Especially in America, I don't know how prevalent. Oh, I think I know what you're going to talk about. Gone, <laughs> gone. About getting like women's sanitary towels and stuff for free. Oh, that yeah, that that that's happened now. Yeah. Finally, I, it's happened in in one state that I'm aware of. I forget the name of the state. Oh, but, if we um, meant out here. Has it happened out here? Yeah, bro. That that was a thing that happened recently. Let me just make sure that I'm not talking. Look at me paying attention to local news. Um, but <laughs> yeah, keep talking. I'll, no, I'll, see, when I find it, I'll, I'll let you know. That's the fascinating thing, right? Because I asked the question to a couple of people, you know, not to be like facetious in any way, but, you know, if you think that should be free, should you, do you think other essentials should be free? For example, you know, water should be free because every, everybody pays for their water bill. Um, and it's, it's a bit ridiculous when you think about it. This thing that rains upon us, um we're paying for it's it's natural and that the argument could be made that we're paying for the services of it to be cleaned out because nobody wants to drink piss water and we shouldn't nobody be drinking drink. rain either <laughs> that is um, we shouldn't be drinking rain because no, it's acid rain, it's acid rain essentially exactly. uh yeah but the interesting what was you gonna say what was you gonna um, say i found it i found it. it it's not that it's yeah. free it's tampon tax has been abolished so there was tampon tax. Yeah, there's no VAT on women's sanitary products anymore. From today, it says uh, on the HM right. Treasury. Yeah, took t- took their time, I, but you know, yeah, they've taken off VAT on uh, women's sanitary products. It's kind of messed up to think of it in that way as the tampon tax. 
Um, <laughs> I don't think the alliteration was intended, but oh no no no! Now every the alliteration, every time I'm going to see one, I was just like, oh, okay, this is tampon tax free. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> That's we are free of the tampon tax. Yeah, man. Welcome to 2021, yeah, it's on- where no vagina will pay Yo, for tax ever again. It's wild. Be- well, not everyone uses tampons, but then again, it's for um, women's sanitary products. So I guess it's for everything, not yeah. just um, tampons. And what you said before about um, getting things from uh, free from the government, um, yes, like these things which are essential, and the debate of okay, why would we pay for water then? Why would we pay for mm. other things? Um, it's always tricky, man. It's always tricky. Yeah. Um, I I would love to have an infinite supply of toilet tissue. Maybe we wouldn't have that purge in March where everyone just hoarded toilet tissue, <laughs> never happening again because yeah. everyone gets their uh, their uh, let's say two hundred sheets per person. You know, if it was yeah. shared up by the government. But so, do you think toilet tissue should be free or should it be tax free? Should it be a, a removal of the tissue tax? as well as the tampon tax, the TTs of the TTs. Even though we're, we're just talking about it, I don't know if it already is tax-free because why is it such a big thing to abolish, quote-unquote, the tampon tax um, for women's sanitary products? Um, is that is, a little saving, right? Thing? Well, no, no, no. I'm not, not saying whether it's good or bad. No, it's good. I'm, I'm, just, mm-hmm. I'm just querying. I, I don't know what else is tax-free in this country. For all we know, toilet tissue is tax-free. Um, um, I could tell you another thing that's tax-free. Gambling. So when you get into oh, a betting shop, yeah, 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 I knew that. Years one. ago, it used there used to be taxes on it. So when you pay for your bet, if it was like a one pound bet, you would have to pay VAT on top of that. Is since well, I used to work in a betting shop. I used to work in William Hill way back when, um, and essentially what it is now is the organization pays the tax on it, so you don't have to. So if you put in a one pound bet, it is one pound. So. It's neither here or there, but that's the only other thing I could think of that's actually tax-free. Yeah, that's interesting, actually. That means if you, if mm-hmm. you win like three million pounds off of a bet, that means that three million is yours. You don't get tax on that. You don't get income tax on that either, if, if yeah. I'm thinking about this correctly. I wonder how... Do you know what I think? You're gone. I, th- I think the gym should be tax-free. I don't know whether it breaks down that way. They, obviously, they just give you that fee and that's your fee. Um, but I think if there is tax put on your membership fee i think that should be tax-free that little saving it it makes sense because you know we want people to be healthier we want less people in hospital because of things like obesity and and you know heart condition i've got a couple of things to say about that actually okay tell me well um i remember this from two aspects or or two um well this situation and the previous situation that we both came across when we was growing up um Mm -hmm. Uh, this one about like giving people more of a incentive to go gym, um, and the other thing that happened when we was younger was Jamie Oliver with the school dinners, mm-hmm. which people either mm-hmm. hate him or want him to die. It's never a, a, an intermediate. I I personally don't care, um, but yeah. people were oh, very very against him coming in and changing school dinners, arguably for the better, but neither here mm. or there i'm only speaking from experience and the thing that i realized yeah. the reason why in my school the dinners are better uh well first mm. of all the dinner ladies or the uh or the um the catering staff are quite good they can actually cook um mm-hmm. but you know people will not do something if there one isn't an option for them to do it and two oddly enough if they're not forced to do it as if it's not right. embedded in the culture in this country, yeah. we don't have a culture of, okay, cool, yeah, exercise, obviously exercise, make sure you do what's right for you. 
Um, and mm. because of that, you know, people have more freedom, which is, you know, that's not, that's not a bad thing. You have the freedom to do whatever you mm. want. But the way to get people to do something is to limit their choices and give them, put them in situations where they almost have to do it. So yeah. if everyone, you know, had, I can't remember where um, I heard this. One of my, um, uh, someone that was, when I went to university, um, this Chinese dude, he, he came from China and he was like, oh, um, in his school, from day one, all the way up until you left the school, you had to choose mm-hmm. a Kung Fu. And I was like, what school is this? Right. This is amazing. Something straight out of a film. But you had to choose a Kung Fu and you'll take that Kung Fu all the way through to the end. And it was yeah. a must every single morning for an hour. And this is just his school. It's not, you know, all schools in China. But just in his school, mm-hmm. everyone had to do an hour of their um, selected sport or their martial art in the morning. They were forced yeah. to in the school. So it gave kids at, at least five hours a week of exercise. And I thought that was absolutely brilliant. I was like, yeah, we should, well, not force, force is a horrible word, but, you know, encourage mm-hmm. kids to do some form of exercise, um, uh, you know, in the place where they're going to spend a lot of time, which is school. And yeah. but the, the funny thing, do you know what he said at the end? He said, um, well, oh yeah, yeah, we had to choose. So do you know what I chose, Ken? I was like, yeah, what did you choose? <laughs> Tai Chi. <laughs> Yo, but you know, some people swear by Tai Chi that it's, you know, it's a really great form of exercise. For me, those people are liars that just really, really <laughs> love hiding from a real workout. Like, I'm not even going to lie about that. Yeah. Tai Chi, I see it. It's beautiful. It looks calming. I, I would say it's more akin to... It's mental and spiritual. Meditation. Me- uh, yeah. Mental and spiritual rather than uh, the physical. No, so I'm not, I'm not going to no, say there's anything wrong with it in particular. Just that it's, yeah. it's not leaning heavily on that physical aspect, but more on the mental and physical. Yeah, suffice to say, I'm not going to be watching USV for watching two guys Tai Chi to each other to death. That's not going to happen. Oh, but did you see that film though? Man, from, Man of Chi- Tai Chi, the Keanu Reeves. There was no Tai Chi in The Man of Tai Chi. <laughs> That's the messed up thing about that film. It's called The Man of Tai Chi. Nobody does Tai Chi. Oh, that was They do wild. a lot of kick your butt but there's no tai chi in that film so i was just thinking to myself they just picked a name that they thought was going to be cool like i was expecting in that film that oh the guys are very you know calm somber dude he knows the flow no he beats the shit out of people left right and cinema uh, and and center it's like no it's not the man of tai chi well, for- tai chi will never be like something we'll be looking forward to in the cinema it's like oh i can't wait for that new john wick movie i heard this time he's going to be doing tai chi no come on do you know what They're, well let, let, let's pitch that let's pitch that so Tony let, let's get into our thinking you know screenwriting hats mm-hmm. how do we make Tai Chi work on the screen like I want you to, the only way to, to make pitch it work. me a Tai Chi film that would blow people's minds alright cool the, the same way and you can actually think about it in terms of like human history right you, you're using it to cover something up so it's the future all forms of warfare has okay, been banned. Okay. All forms of violence have been banned. But oppression is still rife. So the only one man, one man with one desire to seek freedom has to find a way to fight back without fighting. So he uses Tai Chi, the hidden art of just waving your arms about very, very softly to kick the crap out of people. But since they can't actually be violent, he always wins. End of movie. That's that's wild. <laughs> you, as you were telling that story, I was re- uh, you reminded me of the now. Please, people, correct me if I'm wrong, but the history of Wing Chun. Um, it was taught to people. They they were hiding. Oh no! It was I think it was in um Capoeira where they were hiding Capoeira. That's what I was actually thinking. Yeah, of. yeah, yeah. They were using Capoeira to hide 
the martial arts mm-hmm. in dance and then yes. I don't know if there was a revolution then someone's like it's about a dance moves and kick ass and then, then yeah. you saw people it was you got served around. before you got served it was you got but served the difference before you is got served you could probably get kicked in the face with capoeira as opposed to like with you got served the way they dance something mostly you'll probably get a crutch in the face yeah mad yeah crumping yeah. was very violent in the uh, early 2000s I mean it was a what was the thing I think crumping was taking the piss of people having epileptic fits. And if I'm being perfectly honest, like all the credit to the people that crump out there, but you do look like you're having a seizure. And in an enclosed space, if anybody's crumping in a club, and I'm talking about one of those small, tight clubs, and you decide to crump, you're going to be punching somebody in the face. You're about to start some beef. Actually, and guess what? Your dance moves are not going to save you from a beatdown. It's not one of those movies. Well, one thing Your I, life is not a one movie. One thing I have noticed about different clubs is that there's a club out there for everything. <laughs> for as we, so mm-hmm. as we speak, well, not as we speak, because, you know, COVID year, no one should be clubbing or you're going to get fined, mm-hmm. arrested and shut down. But um, the, yeah. before COVID, I knew that there were clubs um, that operate specifically for different types of dance. So it's not, yeah. like I, I've been to a salsa club where you're weird if you don't salsa. It's bloody amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I've, I, I can imagine there is a crump club where people mm-hmm. are just, leaving with black eyes but then you see people do yeah. mosh pits in certain concerts and in clubs uh head yeah. banging and i'm just like yeah you, you leave there with concussion it did also it's remind probably the me, inspiration for maybe, fight club maybe it, w- it probably wasn't like originally when that writer was writing that story he's thinking to himself like let me make a story about a place where people get together in an abandoned warehouse and kick each Chava to death. See, that's hilarious because we were just talking about capoeira as it was used mm-hmm. to hide fighting and dance. And now you're suggesting mm-hmm. <laughs> they were using um, these crump clubs as a way of hiding a fight club <laughs> through dance. Yeah. So it just reversed yeah. itself. That is, um, yeah, that is, that is wild. I, I can just see it now. Like I've had a really, really hard week. It's time to express myself with dance <laughs> and violence all together in one synergistic way. Nah, that's wild. Not only am I going to make you bleed, I'm going to walk away in a moonwalk as I do it. Hee <laughs> hee. That's silly, bro. <laughs> anyway, no. so moving on, yeah. we are in 2021. Now, Ken, do you partake in, in New Year's resolutions? Is that a thing that you do? Do you say to yourself, we have spent 365 days, sometimes 364, if it's a leap year? Or is it 66? I forget which way that goes. Um, 300, but 366 in some cases. But to be absolutely accurate, there is approximately 365.25 days in a year. And that's when that 0.25 is a quarter. But then they take four years to make one extra day. So instead of counting 0.25, they just add the four two fives together and make an extra day in February as it's the shortest month. Ken, can I ask you something? How old was you when you finally lost your virginity? Um, I'm not going to divulge that because there are people that do listen. Um, I suspect it was a very long time with all of that, with all of that sexy talk about 365, blah, 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 Tony, blah. To be absolutely honest, she was into it. But no, no, moving on very slowly. Okay. <laughs> uh, moving on. Um, so the, the whole New Year resolution thing or, you know, I, I've, maybe, maybe in the past when I was quite, like quite a few years younger, um, I was mm. all like, yeah, yeah, I'm good. Because it was the, it's the cultural thing to do in the West. It's the cultural thing to say, okay, this is something that I want to push forward. I, w- I want to use this as a reason why I have 
a resolution why I have a better understanding of what I need to do in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, my thing is, I'm not trying to wait to the end of the year because what I found myself doing was starting it, having that energy for the first month and then slowly die down, then forget. And then December comes around or November comes around. I'm like, oh man, do you know what? In the new year, in the new year, it keeps pushing where I'm going to start to the beginning of the year where I could have used that energy to actually do it throughout the year. So no, I, I don't have resolutions. I, instead of having yearly resolutions, I just have mm. steps. I have steps. Yeah. Like all these steps accumulate to make one big goal. So I just count the little victories. So I accomplish this thing. Cool. Moving to the next one. Accomplish this victory. Moving to the next one. I have an overarching idea of what I need to do over the next few years. And I'm not going to wait till the <laughs> beginning of the year to, um, uh, to, to action that. So instead, what I use the beginning of the year as, as a reflection point. So I try to think, okay, what have I done this year? Has it been meaningful? Has it been purposeful? Um, mm-hmm. How many people have we lost this year? How many people um, are still here with us? Let me use this time to actually think, like stand on this hill or stand on this cliff that I've been climbing and look down to see, okay, let me see how far I've come uh, and see how much more I have to go. And then from there, just keep pushing on. Because as much mm-hmm. as we say that this is a brand new year, we've got another good 50, 60 odd new years <laughs> to come. So mm-hmm. let, let's just not worry about individual years in terms of what we're going to do going forward based on the beginning and rather just look back see what we've accomplished and what we want to accomplish and then just keep pushing through january february march april throughout the entire year it doesn't matter what month it is like the idea is to just keep pushing through i mean like how about you tony are you one of the people hashtag you know near new year new me Are, are you that guy no see for me like it's it's interesting because conceptually speaking right the idea of a new year's resolution is a bit silly you're waiting until the you know arbitrary 365 days to decide that you're going to make a change in your life you can do that any day and i find in my life you know you could hit rock bottom you know uh, a really traumatic period in your life and you decide to make the change oh i'm eating too much let me change my diet you shouldn't wait a year because in that year that's the difference between it being manageable and you being severely unhealthy like if you make the discovery that you have a problem with something whether it's substance abuse whether it's food abuse whether it's just an abusive relationship why do you wait until a year to make that change and even the concept of a year right like for somebody like you you being a math teacher right the idea of units of measurement is key you know, that's how you, that's how you math, you use your units of measurement. But when you really break it down, like everything, like most things we understand is just a construct, right? A millimeter is a millimeter because we decided on a ruler that is a millimeter, but it's between one millimeter and another millimeter is infinitesimal. You can break it down and keep breaking it down even beyond atoms, even beyond subatomic It's infinitesimal. Like there's infinity within a millimeter think about that for a second no no yeah absolutely right and even when we think of like days weeks months years right it's arbitrary we basically decided that okay we we discovered the rotation of the earth 
and we started we discovered how fast it moves and what that means in terms of when it fully reaches between England all the way around and back to England that is a day that's why we have Greenwich Mean Time because the beginning of time in terms of a day was decided that Greenwich at this point in Greenwich you can actually go there up into the uh, Greenwich Observatory and actually see it where technically they decided where the beginning of time is in the world that when we go around and make it back that is a day cool but the universe doesn't care about that there's probably you know imagine life on another planet where their rotation is 32 hours in a day now they say oh it's been a great day and on another planet you have a, you better even finish that day who's right who is wrong yeah you know I, I can, is it I can still greenwich that's correct so the idea of you know waiting until a year it doesn't it doesn't matter it's all arbitrary and if it's a personal thing to to you to do it all the respect i get it but if you feel in your life that you should make a change for yourself whenever that is seriously have a conversation with yourself and make it sooner rather than later don't wait for arbitrary unit of time to say this is the point i make a change because guess what it's easier to procrastinate you wait until January or just before January to make a New Year's resolution. You're going to say, hey, I'm going to lose this amount of weight to get into that dress. Guess what? You had all the opportunity before that to do that because you was thinking about it the whole time. And, you know, obviously there's some silly people out there that just make up something. They do it for a month. Then they give up immediately. But really and truly, whatever you decide in life and you want to pursue it, make that decision there and then and make that action there and then that's what i believe not even just resolution if you want to call it a resolution it's a decision it's taking agency we all have it we all have a certain level of freedom in our life you know varying degrees of course but if you have the privilege of saying to yourself that i can have a new year's revolution you have the agency to make that decision anytime it's not about resolutions it's about decisions that's what i think matters yeah, no. I Rant agree. over. Yeah, um, and I've, I've seen this quite a, a bit with people where um, it, it's two different mentalities. I, I think the first one is exactly what you were saying. Like, okay, if you knew from 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 a long time ago, then my by all means, action it. Um, mm. I, I do wonder, does it help people to say, okay, cool, I'm going to use this as my starting line um, before I get something started and i I think it Mm -hmm. it, it's good in that aspect where it lets you know all right cool like i have no excuse this is this this is this whether they do it or not is up to them in it like that doesn't matter you know but you know i think it's quite nice to have something tangible that is Mm -hmm. there when it's not tangible Mm -hmm. it's kind of like all right cool it's just in the air kind of like how Mm -hmm. for example when you're walking somewhere and you don't know how long it's going to be it feels like it's forever because you don't know where the ending is whereas if you know how far something is it could be very far but because you know how far it is you Mm -hmm. still make the journey and it's not too bad just knowing just knowing a starting point or knowing your final destination helps so much give people energy to do what they need to do um that's very true you know so i'll give people that in terms of okay um using the start of the year so i i just personally have reached a point where i i I don't care when it is because waiting another year man Time will come to all of us, so I'm not going to try and let time catch up to me. Um, so yeah, I, I think that there, there is there is value in 
starting at the beginning of the year, mm-hmm. but there's also value in having more control over your time and creating your yeah. own starting points. You know, it shouldn't have to be the beginning of the year. It doesn't have to be January. It doesn't have to be, because that's, um, I, I do feel sorry for <laughs> gyms though, because they relied on people's resolutions to give them stupid, oh, yeah. stupid business. Can you imagine how much money gyms are losing right now? Oh that my is very Lord. true. Like the amount of times that I've heard uh, people like, oh yeah, yeah, no, this year's my year. This I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And then boom, we, mm-hmm. we got COVID. And yeah, um, there was one guy online. He was, no, no, it was, um, I can't remember where it is. I'm just going to assume it was America because mm-hmm. America. But there was a guy that opened up a gym because, um, you know, it, it, oh no, was it here? Anyway. It was so, here. It was somewhere in London. He kept his gym open when he was told not to. Oh, no, no, no. That's, I think that might be some, well, we might be talking about the same thing. I'm not too sure. Right. But um, what happened is uh, churches or religious uh, buildings were still allowed to open. I think this may, yeah. I don't know where it is, but let's just say where it's happening. And so what he did, he created a religion of gym. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! Okay, carry on. As he created the religion of gym. As blasphemous as it is, it worked. His gym, wherever it is in the world, I can't remember where I read this, but um, he's able to um, <laughs> open up his gym because he has sermons. Um, can you imagine what happens inside that gym, G- uh, Tony? Just hearing that story, how does that gym look like? What extreme things are we seeing inside this gym, where you know you now have a religious? blasphemous institute <laughs> that we call gym as a religion so what happens inside this gym so if i'm understanding it right right so as you're coming in you've got the hymns in the background i'm assuming some trap or some drill you know the uh the third hymn of future playing in the background <laughs> as you're going across you got you know the, the the pews and all of the seats and within each seat you know, you've got a spray bottle to spray down your your seat when you get a bit sweaty with the Lord of the gym. Uh, you've got dumbbells in each one and each one is connected to a Bible. So as you lift up the word of the Lord, you are lifting up and getting gains. So you're spiritually gainful and you're muscularly gainful as well. And uh, preacher at the end, he's just screaming at you with his headphones on and saying like, you know, it's it's not enough only to praise the Lord but give me 50 while you're doing it. That's that's crazy. Um, oddly enough, there was a guy on Instagram. Um, I think he got popular from this. He, um, I'll figure out what his at is and I'll put it and I'll post it somewhere. But he, um, I can't remember if it's Commandments or the book of uh, whatever, whatever. But he has the uh, the commandments for your etiquette and gym in terms of like yeah. a religious book. It is hilarious. I'm going to add him. I'm going to send it to you as well. It is, it's so funny, but like he, um, but this, he takes this the guy rules. though, let me ask you, Ken, yeah. I'm sorry, this is blowing my mind, but this guy that created this religion of gym, was he black or white? I have no idea. I have no idea. Because yeah. I've, and you know, this feels like some sort of like, no disrespect to Americans out there, but this sounds like some Florida type nonsense. Like this sounds like <laughs> something that happened in Florida. Only in Florida, you can do this wacky stuff. You always hear the craziest and things out of Florida. I don't. I don't know what. Like, well, even from the UK, I'm. I'm hearing that. So I'm like, what? Why is it always Florida? Do you know the crazy thing is? It was back in the days. Everybody used to shit on New Jersey, right? But it seems like everybody shits on Florida now. Like Florida seems to be the shithole of America, and they they seem to be proud of it because there's escalations in the 
in the the messed upness the stories that come out of florida are always ridiculous and even if you was to hear a story about america x y z happened in america it's like oh it's florida right and it's always florida always florida do you think it's like that because um people look for reasons to pick out the madness that happens in florida because let's not lie it doesn't matter where you are there is stupidness there's craziness so Mm -hmm. i want to figure out is it that florida really is as a high level of crazy things are happening there or is it because people just document it more because they have the expectation for florida being crazy I think the whole world is being well documented now, whether it be through somebody's blog mm. or somebody's recording on video. It just happens to be the case that everything recorded from Florida is some messed up shit. Yeah. You know, those are the places where you find out like a baby wrestled a dog and somehow the dog lost, <laughs> you know? Anywhere else on the planet, it'll be saying like, oh, sad news today, baby got mauled by a dog. In Florida, that that kid has actually created his own wrestling federation i mean where it's just him having royal rumbles with dogs it, and he wins every time it was a big baby and it was a puppy it wasn't a dog hmm. it was a big baby and a puppy <laughs> oh it's actually crazy uh, the world as we have seen in this never-ending black mirror episode it's just nuts if things just keep happening but uh no uh going back to what we we're saying we know gyms have are taking a huge loss. There's a lot of industries that are taking a loss. We know, we know gyms are taking a loss. We know cinemas are taking a loss to the point which spurred our last conversation about Wonder Woman, it being released on HBO Max. Um, I'm trying to mm-hmm. think, what other industries have been majorly affected from this uh, in a negative way? Um, music industry. They can't tour. Oh. Nobody can tour. So you are right. The music industry is people trying. The fascinating thing from other shows that I, uh, I listen to or watch, um, the ways that people are creatively trying to figure it out. Like, you know, loads of people have created podcasts, loads of people have created, uh, you know, GoFundMes. Um, the, the classic way, the most interesting way is like all of these people have been going on to, uh, what is it? Um, What's that site where you create an account and people just look at you while it was originally for sex? Oh, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Only fans. Only fans. Wait, what? So, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, only fans. We're we're talking about two different things. (laughs) (laughs) Clearly. But, like, no, only fans is is crazy because you've got a lot of people um, in the music industry that have started only fans, whether it's for, you know, nefarious action or just to have a, a conversation with their fans or have content for their fans because they can't provide contact a content in other ways because i can imagine even the idea of making a music video would be pretty difficult so even if you just pop up with a clip on only fans crazy thing is is actually affected all of the adult entertainments on only fans who, who are really pissed off because they're like wait no you've just messed up the curve You've messed up ex- expectations. Yeah, it's, it's you just come here. Yeah, which is weird to think that the oldest profession, which you can argue just selling sex is the oldest, one of the oldest professions, is having a hard time in this day and age. Um, I mean, but yeah, no, the music industry is messed up. Yeah, uh, movie industry is messed up. Uh, can you think of any more? Hmm. Um. Just general... I can tell you one that's thriving, though. That's been crazy thriving. Oh, we're going we're gonna to the... get, get into that in a second. I think yeah. one of the biggest ones... Well, everything that we've mentioned so far, generally, it's been uh, entertainment. Like, mm-hmm. the, the whole 
uh, retail stores have been suffering. Yeah. Because of course. People, like, can you imagine Oxford Circus being, Oxford Circus is arguably one of the busiest streets in the world. Oxford Circus in London, mm-hmm. central London, um, mm-hmm. Christmas, New Year's, New Year's, this time Oxford Circus, it is rammed. It yeah. is rammed usually at this time of the year because of, well, regulations, because of our brand new tier four, hopefully it's going to tier five in London. Mm-hmm. You know, London has been shut down in that aspect. So I think the uh, retail shops, but the benefit that retail shops have, not necessarily for the people that work there, but the benefit that they have is online shopping. Online shopping right. is still possible. I'm not saying it recoups all the money, but it, it, it is um, a more viable uh, process in comparison. Let me stop you there. Yep. I, I get it in terms of like their business, whereby you know potentially getting product out there it's great online, woohoo. I'm, 2020 was, besides from the obvious, you know, fatal virus going around, it's been, it was a shit year for me in terms of ordering stuff. Like, um, yeah. so last year I got into trainers, uh, became a massive sneakerhead, but I'm not a person that's like all about Jordans and all of that, that I'm really more into the tech side of it. So I know like there's a Chinese brand called Anta where it's really good, good product really great technology in the shoes but it's their chinese brand they don't operate in the uk they used to operate in america um but there was a falling out with the nba and they they stopped um but they make really good stuff and there was one quite a few pair of shoes that i bought from there and they they took a while to come and i don't know whether you know covid somehow messed up people's concept of good customer service but you'll order something they'll take ages to dispatch it then you're there having a back and forth and they're giving you either automated messages or literally sending you a message that they sent you previously but completely forgot that they did. And you're just waiting patiently to get your stuff thinking, oh my God, these guys have just stolen my money. They've taken my money. And I'm pissed. Then eventually the stuff comes and I realize, oh, I've got the wrong size. Now the idea of actually sending it all the way back to China to get the right size, I send the postage and packaging. It cost me a bit of a packet, about 25 quid to send it back there. And when it's dead, apparently China, their whole process of it is that they don't deliver to the door. It's delivered to their local post office and they collect the business or whatever. The person has to collect it from there. And if they don't do so within eight days, it's sent back to to this uh, is back to sender. Oh, no. So this company purposely ignored my package. I don't know in an attempt to not fulfill the, cha- uh, the exchange. So the next thing you know. It's getting sent back to sender. But guess what, Ken? As it's going back, it gets stuck in Shanghai for two bloody months. I'm checking the tracking. It's still in Shanghai and I'm thinking, oh, okay. I guess I've just lost my trainers. I've just lost my trainers and I lost lost some money. Then out of the blue, out of nowhere, it hits November. I get a tapping on my door, a rap, rap, rapping on my door. And open the door as a postman. I was like, what the hell is this? What's that? What's that box? I didn't order anything. Oh my God, it's my shoes that finally got back to me. Now, you would think that was a lesson to be learned. No, Ken, I did not learn my lesson. I ordered more stuff, not only from China, Ken. I ordered more stuff from China, but not only from China, from other places. You would think places that are local to to us, like Boohoo. And the issue there wasn't the issue of getting my stuff. The issue there was the quality of stuff was pants. Boohoo, I recommend nobody buy from Boohoo. Boohoo sucks. Their sizing sucks. It doesn't make any sense. You get something that 
in one place is an XL, but for some reason on Boohoo, it's a triple XL. Why? I don't know. Maybe they hate fat people. Maybe they just want to shame you. <laughs> Maybe if you're even like regular size, they want to say, oh, you're too fat for us, love. You're not, a, you're not a large. You're like a quadruple XL, you fat piece Oof. of shit. Oh, no. It's, it's some, real, some real fat shaming going on there. But besides from that, you get the stuff. You're okay with getting it at the extra, extra, extra large, and you get it. And somehow... It's made out of, I don't know, paper mache, the thinnest thing on the planet. And when you try to send it back to them to get your refund, they're like, oh, we haven't got it yet. Therefore, we can't pay you back. I said, my dude, I sent it off a week ago. I don't know. Don't know what to tell you, bud. We haven't got it yet. So, yeah, online shopping has been a bit of a joke. But silver lining, a little bit of uh, good news for 2020 was the fact that when I made an order of... uh, trainers from nike um they messed up the shipping twice so essentially what happened was i made the order the tracking number wasn't provided at all so they made another order send it to me free of charge and that tracking got lost as well they said i think between getting it to the depot it just got lost but what we'll do for you is that we'll give you a full refund so i got my full refund 130 quid so I'm thinking, oh, that's a bit of a bummer. Don't get my shoes. Next thing I know, the tracking finally updates and my shoes are being sent on the way. The following day, another tracking updates. So I'm get, I got two pairs of Nike Air Jordans completely for free and 130 quid. Okay, that's pretty cool. That's pretty dope. Yeah. I mean, it's their own fault, but... <laughs> yeah, we're not it's gonna... balancing the universe. For all of the crap that I got from shipping, yeah. something came my way but um i mean that's that's you would have thought that all of this would have been more or less eradicated in our techno superior future life that we live um like certain things in the past that uh some kids had no idea was a thing mm-hmm. they didn't have to worry about anymore for example their phones can you imagine like it, just to break down all the things that a phone can do that kids struggled yeah. with uh, that we as kids struggled with you know for example batteries for your walkman eventually um mm-hmm. <laughs> eventually we had things like the ipod uh came through but you know um speakers headphones right there, there were so many things that we need to do like your phone is able to text you you have to have less and less things in your bag now just to mm-hmm. do uh simple things um even the whole process of texting texting used to be everyone used to have pay as you go now it's yeah unlimited texting or data that is the thing yeah. that people clamor for. But the point I'm trying to make is, you know, we've made such advancements in certain industries where things that were that shouldn't have been a chore are no longer a chore. Whereas mm-hmm. now we still have issues. Delivery has been around for literally centuries and yeah. we haven't found a smooth enough process from country from country to country for um yeah. for delivery. Whereas we you know, that however, we've done that quite nicely within a small community so within london mm-hmm. if you want to send things about london it can almost be same day delivery you know if mm-hmm. you've messed up with something it's not a problem but um going from nation to nation and you know there's border controls and different cultures just like you were saying about you know um how they had to pick it up from the post office rather than it being that straight culture mm-hmm. uh, cult- culturally country to country it, it can be different so i, th- it, I think it's, it's, it's weird. like it's deepened in that i think we're, we're under this misconception that because that we've progressed to where we are now with certain technologies, 
things should just be automatically easy, simple, should just be done. And I think we've been spoiled by people like Steve Jobs, where, you know, that whole, there was a whole marketing campaign with iPhones where it was like, there's an app for that. There's an app for that. Oh, Oh, I I want to be able to do this. There's an app for that. And I even suffer this at work where we have a certain program where we, uh, what we use to actually code our patients. And one of my colleagues, bless her, she's, she's an older lady, but she's under the impression that because it's technology, it should be able to do whatever she wants it to do. Well, why can't it just do this? Well, if I want to copy this one from over there, why can't it just do it automatically? Why do I have to do it manually? Not understanding that that's not how it was designed. What you want it to do is outside of the purview of the person that designed it, who was human. Maybe when he was designing it, he wasn't thinking about those variabilities that you might account for. Now, take that a step further, right? In terms of like commerce, in terms of shipping, import, and export. There's this common belief that because technology is what it is, it's so amazing that we live in this world of absolute autonomy. Uh, sorry, not autonomy, automation, which is not the case. Automation is not absolute because it still requires a human being to implement that automation. It still requires somebody to install it. It still requires somebody to repair it. It still requires somebody to look through a spreadsheet of data and say, is this right? Because guess what? A human being made that machine, made that auto, uh, uh, automaton, made that program. So if that human being messed up in his programming, guess what? There's going to be a trail leading all the way to the machine where the machine messes up. So even if you had a factory, like there's a lot of automation in Amazon, right? Even if you had a whole system built of a smart machine and it figures out this ships to there, this ships to there, you still need people to drive it, right? But even going further than that, if there's a glitch in the system, That was created because somebody wrote a bad piece of code, a human being. There's always going to be human error unless we get to the point of true AI, which I don't think is a good idea, but that's just my opinion. There's we're still going to have this kind of battle between expectation and reality. The reality is things are never going to be perfect. Things are not going to do things just because you believe they should do it because we're in 2021 and we're living this sci-fi future. We're not. We're still imagining this sci-fi future that's why we do it in media in comic books even in in music we have this this wonderment this wish fulfillment of how the world should be and guess what it's not and you can extend that to things like take it away from technology and commerce and all of that but the expectation of how people should be to one another unfortunately as enlightened as we are racism still exists doesn't matter how much privilege you have how lucky you have to have that one black friend racism is still a thing just because you haven't seen it with your eyes people are still shit to other people people still fat shame other people people still disrespect somebody's social status because they come from this family and that family that's just the nature of it doesn't matter how evolved we are we might not be able to evolve past certain things just over a matter of 365 days it's interesting that you've you've touched upon those two um those two examples with with the first one with technology and expecting things to work just because we've hit a a nice decade of of a thriving of technology and then the um mm-hmm. the aspect of uh racism as well um yeah 
what I've noticed with the, both those examples, it's both fueled by ignorance. Even mm-hmm. the uh, some of the misconceptions fueled about the uh, COVID, but I'm not going to get too much yeah. into the politics of COVID. Um, because people don't understand or have come across the information that helps them better understand how certain things work, Yeah, um, it's impossible for them to... It's so easy for them to say, oh, then this should be fine then. Like, this shouldn't be a problem. Um, and I think that is a, a dangerous uh, situation. So uh, just like with those two examples, what people need to do is a bit more, be a bit more open to, you know, researching things themselves or looking into why certain things happen. Because, mm-hmm. you know, for, for years I've heard, oh, this group of people do this because of this very surface and stupid reason. And I'm like, no, it's, deep, it's deeper than that. You know, people are just not, it like, it's not in their DNA just to act or be a certain type of way. Um, just how, like, we shouldn't assume technology is the end all and be all um, for certain solutions. Now, it definitely mm-hmm. is, just like you said, with TV shows and films and, you know, fantasy or sci fi stories, because. It's just what we want it to be. There's no true reasoning or we don't, we leave it up to the imagination. For example, mm-hmm. like I was talking about with um, Superman and his powers. Yeah. Like, would you mean a guy from a different planet that looks exactly human, six foot, whatever, blue eyes, has laser eye beams, like super, super, you know, that's what those stories are for, to make mm-hmm. the impossible possible. Um, yeah. And I guess those things do inspire the real world, but let's not get too much into that. But no, mm-hmm. b- back into it, it's just about ignorance. People tend yeah. to not look into it uh, as much as they should do. Now, the one thing I don't want people to do is convert their ignorance into stubbornness. Because mm. once you're stubborn, you're actively not trying to seek out what might be right. But, but that's the, I, that's the yeah. thing, right? It's because ignorance is bliss. People love living in their whole spot of ignorance because what you don't know can't hurt you right if you have this strongly held belief that for example the battle between people that believe the world is round and the world is flat really and truly doesn't really matter on a day-to-day basis it's not a concern for anybody you know unless you're somebody that's trying to traverse the world you know it doesn't really affect you but you have this whole contingent of people battling one way or the other like me I personally I think the world is round I see a globe that makes sense to me you see a picture from space but somebody's gonna say oh no that's fake news uh that's been doctored oh oh you really believe that there's cameras in space and they can really take pictures okay cool but the the point that I make is this like one way or the other like if you was able to if you was able to prove that how does that change your life from the day before to the day after it doesn't it doesn't really matter to that individual because for them, what they believe is what they believe and it gives them that comfort. Their ignorance is their bliss. Yeah. I mean, and people can have their own opinions. They can have their bliss. They can be ignorant to whatever they want. Um, mm. I think the rule of thumb is just if it's not hurting anyone, if you're not trying to shove in people's face, then live the life you want to live. Of but course. the minute you start hurting people, it starts affecting the culture in a negative way then yeah, mm. we'll, we'll have to smash that ignorance and actually give you a bit of information. Yeah, because um, we, we really yeah. need to get worried, worried though. It's like, you know, the, the, the worst thing that can happen is 2021 becomes the flat earth of war where, uh, <laughs> you know, a yeah. whole contingent of people go to war with other people because they think the world is flat versus the world is round or the sensitivity wars where 
eventually we can't say shit. And if you say anything, anything pointed, even describe another human being and say, how dare you describe me in any way or any matter? How dare you call me human? You can't assume my species. <laughs> yeah. That's um, what it's going to get to. It's like people hold so much into them. Like it's, People hold so much self-importance in themselves where they feel like they need to project it on other people. It's like, I don't, I don't care about your sexuality. I don't care how you identify yourself. Just tell me once I get it and we can move on. But the people that go on and on about like, Oh, I need to be this. And how dare you assume that I'm this? No, just tell me once. And on the flip side, the people that make arguments about trans people and gender neutral people, it's like, when you live your life, you don't think about these people. Why are you so triggered when you, when, when you see them just existing? I think people just need to chill out a bit. It's not that deep. We live in this, this world that it's, it's glorious. Bad things do happen. Unfortunate things do happen, but we, we forget that there is beauty in this world. There's things that you can achieve because you have the ability to get up out of your bed and do so. A lot of people don't. A lot of people are struggling with poverty, disability, physical or mental. But some people completely close them within their own bodies. And these yeah. people that want to, I don't know, sit on their soapbox and just cry about how misunderstood you are. It's like, no, you're not misunderstood. Nobody cares. You're screaming because you want somebody to care so desperately. Desperately. Yeah, man. Um, I hear what you're saying, man. Um, I, I think um, what, what people like to do is find ways to escape. And yeah. I, I guess this, even this podcast and even a lot of our conversations have been from finding ways um, to escape. And not necessarily from all their woes, but like just to feel good about themselves in their own particular way. Uh, some people will escape into their, into their work, into uh, the things that they love in terms of their hobbies, things that they, people like to escape by talking about things that affect them or the, the positive and negative. And I think everyone can relate to that. Um, mm -hmm. uh, one thing that I know we like to escape into that is TV and film. We, yeah. we, we love, um, well, I can only speak for myself, but I think it's quite similar to yourself where I, I love the idea of seeing or being involved in worlds that are, you know, not just worlds, but stories, stories and worlds that I, I never would have thought of um, that add such a rich twist on, well, stories that we've heard all our lives and even lessons mm -hmm. we've heard all our lives. Like, you know, I know we haven't really talked about it, but uh, anime, oddly enough, and I've always said it, anime is um, is the grown-up cartoon <laughs> yeah. so so many lessons you can learn from life just by watching anime if you just push yeah. to side all that weird stuff that you know gives anime a bad name and you look mm -hmm. at the real stories and the real character growth and the real worlds that are developed from these stories um yeah you you will see one of the best writing and the best character arcs you like in almost any other media um mm -hmm. and do you have do you have a favorite anime you have a favorite anime? No, I don't. Yeah. Uh, someone's asked me this recently, oddly enough. Um, I mm. do not have a favorite anime. I have favorite bits of different animes, for sure. I, mm. I like different things for different things. But um, there's not a specific title that you think, I can always go back to that. That world, that fiction is, is somewhere that I always kind of want to periodically go back to. There's nothing like that for you? Um, once again, it... Well couple of things have, well one thing has changed I don't like going back to and I've talked about you, uh, this with you before I don't like mm. going back to old films and old shows too much 
Mm-hmm. Like I watch something and I enjoy it. I'm not going back to it. Only because yeah. there's too much content out there. There's actually of course. too much content out there. So if I was to like, do you know what? I've got another three months to go through this TV series again. Or, you know, another mm-hmm. five hours to watch the complete movie version of, of this thing. Like, no, it, it's just too much. I watch something once yeah. and try and limit it unless I truly enjoy it. A TV show that I can go back to, back to back. Or I can say that I have gone back to in the past. It may not necessarily be anime because... Um, Almost all anime is bloody long, except for the few like Full Metal Alchemist and Death Note, which are relatively yeah. short. Um, no, there is no anime because beyond those two and a couple other ones that are that may have a twist at the end, that like I won't get that same feeling of that twist or whatever. Not really. And if yeah. you was to take the rest of the anime, some of them are like three episodes deep <laughs> at least. Mm. So. Yeah. If I'm going back to it, I'm taking out a year to go back to a show because <laughs> it's not like that's very it's, true. it's not a month type thing. Um, I would that's say that there's more Western cartoons that I would go back to for sure. Of course, um, yeah, because of their very short seasons, such as Spectacular Spider-Man, love it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender before it went onto mm-hmm. Netflix, because mm-hmm. now I'm so happy that it's found such a strong community. Because back in 2004, was it? 2004 when it, when it came out, I was... Yeah. Ooh, was it even 2004? Back when it came out, I remember there being, you know, people that cared about it, there was a strong community, but it wasn't as big yeah. as I thought that it deserved because I think the yeah. world and the story is absolutely brilliant. The story arcs are amazing. Um, yeah. And I think I went through all three seasons, you know, like years ago, like a good yeah. three, three, four times. Cora just once only because my mentality had changed by then mm-hmm. but yeah no there there is no anime in particular that I keep going back to um how about yourself is there anything that you keep going back to there's one that I, I absolutely love and <clears throat> I always kind of go back to um I kind of like the ones that always present like a slightly alternate history to us so like one of my favorites is, is Full Metal Alchemist and essentially it's a story of imagine a world that instead of progressing through the science of physics is progressed through the science of alchemy and alchemy is something that existed in our world like not in terms of a real a real science it was kind of like a pseudoscience where people were trying to turn base metals so things like um i don't know uh, aluminium uh, magnesium into gold and there was a whole practice of what was known as transmutation and essentially if you did very specific things to that material material that it would actually change its nature into something else like gold which was complete nonsense but in this in this in this world of full metal alchemist that's where science went and so essentially the concept of equivalent exchange is that if you have 50 atoms of x you can produce 50 atoms of y and it's about these two young boys uh edward and alphonse elric which imagine pre-world war one germany uh but it's not germany it's got its own name but it's like very much inspired by that early germanic feel like the the clothing uniforms and the build up to the first and second world war that kind of vibe and they lose their mother at a very young age and they their their dad's abandoned them they take it upon himself to take his research because he was a alchemic scientist 
and basically take all of the base elements that constitute what a human is given the weight and the age of the person and they put it all together in a bowl to bring back they what they believe using alchemy to bring back their mother but problem is in this world there's certain kind of what they, is called taboos kind of un both written and unwritten rules of alchemy the things that you can't do um one of which is actually perform human transmutations because it never goes right and of course for them it doesn't go right and they end up losing in in terms of what equivalent exchanges the younger brother completely loses his body and the older brother has to basically attach his soul to a suit of armor and the price that he paid for this whole endeavor was where he lost his arm and lost his leg and eventually as he gets older he gets uh gets it replaced with uh metal prosthesis um but through their learnings and their pain and their tragedy and their loss they said no we're not going to be brought down by this there is a way to do it there's what's what's known as the philosopher's stone and for the harry potter fans out there you know about the philosopher's stone it's something that even existed in our world people pursued this concept of the philosopher's stone where it was this mineral that could circumvent certain rules of transmutation that it was like a shortcut to getting what you wanted in alchemy and they go on the pursuit of this they go through all of these adventures other people um that are have the same pursuit to to achieve something great with the philosopher's own and they, there's this in massive conspiracy surrounding like the the city of amestris which is this fake version of uh berlin hey, germany you're giving too much up man <laughs> hey this 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 anime is very old if you haven't watched fire. it already that's it's, your it, loss it's fire man it's fire it's it's it's, it's such absolutely good... brilliant yeah great and characters great writing brilliant I mean, world it was so good they made two series like yes that worked independent from each other um, yeah. but that's a whole different thing but no no that that is in my personally that's my top five of animes like it, that, that yeah. was such a good watch and it was short yeah it was, it was short it wasn't you know one piece is over a thousand episodes that's ridiculous i'm um, never gonna get into one piece i've tried so many times but nah, nah, nah. there's there's so many there's only so much a guy can deal with anime tropes and for a thousand episodes, I, all the more power to the people that are into One Piece. I'll get round to it eventually. Maybe when I have kids, no, you won't. I can I can start it with them, and they will force me to watch it with them. That's that's the hope for me at least. But do you know what? There is an anime that we're both watching together currently. I'm a bit oh, he- uh, yeah. further than you, uh, but we are both watching an anime called Black Clover. Ken, can you give us a rundown of what Black Clover is? All right, uh, Black Clover is. Well, Black Clover is about, um, um, there's a character named Asta, he, or Asta, he's someone that was born into this magical world um, without any magical abilities. Him and his stepbrother were left at the uh, doorstep of a church to be looked after, um, with, so no connection, we, no one knows exactly what happened. Um, so what hap- what we see is them grow up and enter the... Uh, a competition well not a competition a a ceremony that allows them to gain something known as a grimoire it's a book full of magic uh and people with magical abilities get the grimoire and they more or less decide what magical abilities that they will have or practice 
So his older brother, no, sorry, his stepbrother ends up being one of the strongest, you know, starters of it. And he is someone that uh, only gets, he gets a grimoire, but it's confirmed that he has no magical abilities. But the twist of the show is that he doesn't have any magical abilities, even though he wants it so much, he's trying his hardest, he's training so much. But the brilliant thing about his grimoire, the reason why he doesn't have any magical abilities, because his ability is the, uh, is, is that it takes away people's magic in the gates magic spells so it's just navigate it's a story that navigates this very rich and interesting world with different personalities and the whole system or the magic system of how things work and how um different captains interact with him um and how he is able to overcome a lot of the issues that he deals with that other people find easy so it's it's a true story of okay i'm 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 forever the underdog and i got this little bit of advantage i'm going to lean into this thing that I'm weakest in. You've seen these characters such as Rock Lee from Naruto, where he has no um he has no special ability beyond him being an amazing fighter and he just tries to be the best that he can be. Um you saw a little bit of that in My Hero Academia with the main character before he got a stupid upgrade. Um but you know he, that character of not being able to do something like everyone else but then having to work hard. You see what I mean? Like anime, yeah. just, they, they, they always find ways to like, yeah, this this how you should live your life. You may not be the best, but, you know, lean into what you do best and try and beat out everyone else. That's an amazing, it's, that's an amazing lesson to give people in life rather than, yeah. you know. It's that common trope of the, the, uh, the underdog, right? right. Um, you see it again and again in anime. Sometimes there's like unique twists on it. But it's that common thing of sometimes no matter how hard you work, you're not going to be as good as anybody else. But that doesn't matter because what you're good at is unique to you. Use that to your advantage. And I think that's that's kind of a cool thing. But you see it again and again. But I think the the unique spin that Black Clover has on it is that he doesn't have what everybody else he's technically speaking in this world he is handicapped he is disabled whatever you word you want to use um he is missing a crucial limb to function in this world effectively he is a man in a wheelchair with no wheelchair ramps but he has to figure out how to navigate it right yeah and the fact that his unique ability is to actually take away other people's advantages is actually unique within himself because you can't relate that to life. Maybe in certain, certain things like martial arts, like if somebody's like really good kicker and you might not be the greatest martial artist, but you have this very specific set of stills like where you can numb a person's leg with like precision hits and you take away the ability to kick. That's probably the closest analogy I can think of. It's not quite the same, but like he has that unique perspective that he can't feel the things that other people feel. But what they feel against him is irrelevant because he can take that away from you. He brings them down to a level playing field, which is really cool. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Yeah. He almost ends up being the heart of every single uh, episode yeah. or, or the show. Yeah, so although um, the character is extremely annoying, the way they've chosen to actually voice him, both in the English and Japanese, yeah, yeah. the excessive screaming, I think it's a common anime trope to just trope to have that over the top camp 
it's it can be endearing, but sometimes it can go a bit too far and you're thinking, ah, oh, shut up, please shut up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I get that a lot with this character. Um, yeah. I remember when it first came out. I remember when it first came out and I was not for it because, yeah. uh, and I, I remember why I wasn't for it. And then watching it even further, I was like, mm, there's so many things about this that, like, I, I know why I don't like it, but I, I grew to like it. The main reason was that there were crazy amounts of similarities between this show mm-hmm and um a bunch of other anime uh not yeah. one in particular but uh it almost took all the best tropes of different animes and yeah. put it into the show and the reason yeah. why people were annoyed by it is because it almost it was almost verbatim some of the storylines the plots how things went down you know yeah. even in the first few episodes it was like okay cool come on you just take it yeah. from this place or you just take it from that place it didn't feel original no, and it's very you know close what? to like um fairy tale which is like a whole anime about a magical world and magic users. Yeah, yeah exactly. And I, I think that's, that's what put me off from it uh, later on. But then I mm. started hearing voices saying like, oh, we get better, oh, this, 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 this. As I keep watching it episode to episode, I've, I've realized that it's, it's okay. It's, it's not yeah. the best. The, the things that it is clearly inspired by are still better. Mm. And that's not mm-hmm. me saying because of time or because I grew up watching it. No, no, no. It, it's just... It just isn't as solid, to to be honest. Yeah. But I, I'm not criticizing it beyond that. It, it's 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 a good enough show that uh, I'm still watching it, trying to reach many episodes. Um, one one mm. of the key things that I didn't like at the beginning of it, and it's still even prevalent through the episodes now, the inconsistency of the um character models. Yes, the, the, the animation is 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 choppy, man. Yes, the animation is is choppy in a lot of places. Now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I I don't know what else to say about that, man. Like, it, you, it can I, range from like possibly good to very very mediocre. Yeah, and it's annoying because I'm so used to a certain type of shine, mm-hmm. so, so used to a certain type of finish that I expect from anime. Like when you don't see certain things in Western cartoons, you're like oh yeah, because it's a Western cartoon, you, you don't expect mm-hmm. that. Anime, you you expect a certain level level of um finish. And this doesn't have it consistently enough, but it doesn't. This it doesn't. It doesn't distract me so much that I'm like, oh, this this show is awful. It's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> delete, delete. Like, like I'm. I'm not trying to like throw anything get negative against it. I'm just yeah. trying to be as objective as possible. Like there is no show that or any film that is is safe. Everyone, everything has its negative points. It's just these ones are, are just more prevalent um in this show but yeah. like i keep saying just like i said about wonder woman like just because there's issues doesn't mean you can't find something good out of it i i yeah. generally enjoy it and people a lot of people will be annoyed that i compared wonder woman to black clover because some people really really hate wonder woman um even yeah. after our episode about it but no i wonder how the feminists feel about wonder woman especially given the fact that wonder woman with the help of a a ghost commits uh statutory rape i think I feel like a, a feminist should actually say something about that. Tony, there's been countless, countless videos already mm-hmm. uh, made on it. Uh, we're not the only ones that picked it up. A lot of people yeah. picked it up. Some feminists are, or fe- feminist websites are against uh, the film. Or, well, not necessarily against, they didn't like it. They just didn't feel like it lived up to the ideals that yes. um, they strive for. Uh, yeah. But but no, uh, I, I don't think it, <laughs> it wasn't as progressive I, I can see what they were trying to do they, they, they kind of 
it, it was weak. It was weak. But yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to keep going on about this film because we've talked to death about it already. Um, I'm just saying that you can find good in things that are not spectacular, or the be- the, the benefit yeah. that Black Black Clover has over a film like Wonder Woman is that it's still ongoing. It has room for growth. Mm-hmm. There's been so many shows that we've both watched in the past. That I was like, this is trash. Season one is terrible. Yes. And then it has its resurgence in season two and its consistency in season three. And then a bit of a terrible, terribly crappy season four, but then it picks itself back up in the, uh, in the preceding seasons. And I, and I think that's what, you know, TV shows have over films where a small, if you were to look at each individual episodes by themselves, it can range between terrible and the best episode in the world. Um, same thing mm-hmm. of a film is harder because it, you have to take it as one piece where, you know, if it's bad, it's bad. If it's good, it's good. And with good or bad elements through it. With a TV show, you can play around with that. You can have a bad episode. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you can still have an overall amazing series. Um, so tell me, Ken, yeah. besides from Black Clover, is there is there anything else that's actually you're enjoying a bit more? Yeah, there's a show that I started a long time ago that I just got back onto, Ozark, on, on mm-hmm. Netflix. Ozark okay, Netflix. tell me about Ozark. I've never had a chance to actually watch that myself. That's the show with Jason Bateman, isn't it? Yeah. Um, all I can say, well, one of the main things I like to say when I try and describe the show is if you're ever thinking of joining up with cartels or drug lords or anything like that, watch this show just to see how non-glamorous it is. <laughs> it is yeah. such a dark dark life and stressful life you have to live because you never know at any given point they can just decide all right cool yeah it's your time bam and and now you're dead um like the way i like okay so what the show is about is about um the main character he marty marty has been laundering money for a cartel yeah um he's been laundering uh, the money with his business partner um and everything's all good but then his business partner decided to skim. Now, I've seen enough films and TV shows never bloody skim from the cartel. Like, mm-hmm. Unless your mathematics is on four dimensions, five dimensions, don't ever skim from a cartel. They literally hire people that deal with money. They see a pound or a penny missing, they're onto you. So his business partner started skimming at large amounts and they more or less dissolved them in acid. Him and his wife. Oh, Oh, yeah, wow. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because what do you mean you're skimming from the cartel? And then, you know, they, they quickly removed them from this earth. So it was coming up to can Marty. I ask you, can, I ask you, can I ask you something? Like, yeah. with this whole concept of like, because you see that a lot in other shows where people are working for nefarious people. Yeah. It's a, it's a big business, drug business or whatever it may be. You would think like it's very lucrative, right? And maybe your position, you're getting paid. Why was he skimming? Weren't they paying him enough? Do you, do you ever find that out? So why they skim? Yes. Mm. Why why did this guy choose to skim? Was he not getting enough? It's the same reason why these lot are in this position anyway. Mm. Greed. It is greed. People, they, they get a leg up and now they're automatically looking for the next thing. People are not content right. with being where they are. Like, if I was to ever do that, the only reason my numbers will be funny is if I make a mistake and I don't want to do that either. Mm-hmm. But 
I can only speak mm-hmm. for myself in the way that I am now. However, if I was in a position where money is good and whatever, whatever, and I'm thinking about what's next, for all you know, I might be trying to think about something stupid like that and try and skim from the from the cartel. So he did right. that, and he, I, I think it's greed. It's greed. I think yeah. in similar situations, you see that almost every single. Mm-hmm gangster film or tv show you always see that someone is always trying to get one up on the people that you know is deciding not to put a bullet in their head so he skimmed and it's and because marty was associated with this guy they're like all right cool it's it's your turn to take a take a bath in this acid and he was like no 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 no. i've got an Mm -hmm. idea i can find a way to get you your money uh back and even add so much more value to it and so what he uh, did was propose a really really good idea almost impossible idea uh, to the cartel leader and they'll say all right cool move all your family to the ozarks in america and yeah. and uh try and start businesses so you can clean my money quicker i'm going to be bringing yeah. in millions and millions of pounds you have to clean it in this area so bring up the industry bring up the industry in the uh, bring up the industry in the area so that mm-hmm. um, you can use the businesses that you create to um, uh, to clean the money. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's, that, that's more or less how it starts. So he okay. moves his entire family there. They're constantly on the edge because people either see them with the money and want to get a piece of it. The people are dying because they're seeing things they shouldn't be seeing or they're doing things that they shouldn't right. be doing or they're not listening to, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you keep doing what you're doing, this guy's going to come through with a shotgun for your entire family. And the people feeling high and mighty, okay. like, no, I'm going to do what's right. And then they end up, guess what happens? Dying. Um, so it, it's a very, very, very tense show and because it's so tense i I love it and it just teaches me the simple rules of being in a uh, crime organization do what you're Mm -hmm. told cover yourself don't skim and you know just just try and live (laughs) a happy life even though at any moment you could have a bullet in your head and not just for you yourself for your entire family oh man so i I saw something recently in the latest uh season episode one straight away Someone that's just minding their business is doing their job, but because they're connected to the cartel, oh, mm-hmm. oh, it was so peak for them. It was so, so peak for them. But that's just, that's the, just what this happens. Is, this is the strange thing, right? Yeah. Where, and obviously this is all fiction, so we don't actually know how it's playing out in real world. But in the fiction, it's always the case is somebody's working for the cartel. Maybe they're in over their heads, but they're working for them. They're getting paid. But they decide, oh, look how much money I'm making for them. I'm going to take a little money off the top. I'm going to start skimming. And they they get found out. Now, in the real world, right, when we're working for our boss and we think we're doing a good job, we have a meeting and we ask for a pay rise. Am I, am I, am I right in assuming that, right? In most private sector jobs, that, that's how it could go down, right? Or yep. if, we're not, if we're not entirely happy we can at least voice it. But it's always a common trope. It's like they believe that, oh, no, they can't voice it. But how do they know that this person is not somewhat reasonable? This is me, right? This is how I would have operated. Like, hey, Manuel or Jesus. I'm assuming that this is a Spanish cartel. Is it a Spanish cartel? Mexican cartel. Mexican cartel. Okay. Jose, right? I've been been cleaning your money for about, 10 years now we you, you've been making a lot of money right and he comes up and says see 
be make, be making loads of money. Okay, cool. Now, I don't want to be greedy or anything, but do you think I've been doing a good job for you? And you say, see, wonderful job. And I say, okay, cool. Do you think that I can get a little bit more, like a bit of a pay rise and put the ball in his court and hope he doesn't bring a gun to that court and shoot you and say, hey, fair is fair. How about a little extra? And if he says, no, no, you carry on doing business and you're still alive. Why do you go immediately to like, I ain't going to risk my life and the life of my children and my wife for the money? And I didn't even try asking for the money because guess what? Maybe you ask. And Jose, Manuel, Jesus might actually be accommodating. Might realize that he has a family. I got my little Manuel Jr. Manuel Jr. wanted a new PS5. That's expensive. Do you know I'm what? I'm assuming I, you have kids and I've they want a the new PS5. Yeah. I've seen a link. I've, I've seen a link to something else that's happened mm-hmm. uh, before. Um, I, I think it's chucked up to people who don't like confrontation. Um, how many times have you been in a situation? They don't like confrontation, but they like oh. potential death. That's fascinating. No, no, it's true. Because we, we've seen it with people that, you know, like I've, I've talked to quite a few people about this and I've like, we've both had friends that have been in a situation about like um, boyfriend and girlfriends where one person's like, oh man, I don't want to be with him. I don't want to be with her anymore. And then what they do is instead of doing the noble thing of, you know, having the conversation and eventually breaking up, it gets dragged on. It gets dragged on. They're not doing what they're supposed to do. They're just dragging it on. And it might get dragged on to something stupid happens or whatever, whatever. But, yeah. you know, the, the fear of feeling like, okay, I'm going to bring this forward and actually have a grown-up conversation about it and, you know, a- and end this becomes incredibly uh, difficult. And you see it all the times in the shows. Like, people choose the easiest emotional uh, decision rather than the most uh, uh, progressive and logical one. So the progressive and logical decision is, yeah, ask for a pay rise from this person that, you know, literally holds a gun <laughs> to all your family, family's head, even the dog, or, you know, launder, like, like start skimming. <laughs> it's, it's easier to do. Like, I don't have that scary conversation where it threatened my family, but I'm, I inten- unintentional threatened my family by taking money off the top because I don't think I'm going to get caught. But then you get in relationships as well where like, all right, cool, I'm just going to, well, we can get into a whole conversation about cheating because I think it works in a very similar way instead of having a conversation to actually not be with someone and then leave them, then go about in your slutty ways on the streets. But no, people will stay and stick for something and then sort of having that serious conversation and eventually you get caught. And I see like people want it all, having their cake and eat it too, get a bit greedy, but mainly because they don't want that confrontation between the person that they need to talk to to actually move forward or progress in a healthy way, which leads to people's, you know, getting dissolved in acid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, that that that's my shows that I'm watching. Really, that's that's the Ozark and uh, uh, Black Clover that we're both watching. Um, what about yeah. you? What are you, what are you watching? So I mentioned these two shows uh, on our last episode, the review episode. I've uh, been watching this show called Bridgerton and Alice in Borderland. So let me start off with Bridgerton now. Bridgerton is not the typical thing I would ever watch. Like it's very much in the same vein as uh, the, uh, what's that show um, back in the days about, you know, rich white people 
back in the days. What was it called? Everybody was talking about it. You, you, it was even on Iron Man 3. You described about 10,000 different shows just with that. This was, this was a very specific... <laughs> Downton Abbey. That's what it was. Downton, Downton Abbey. Everybody yeah, was yeah. talking about uh, Downton Abbey. Was uh, And I think this show might have the potential to be a new Downton Abbey, but it's essentially... Uh, it's a show similar to Pride and Prejudice or... Um, you know, the importance of being earnest, those type of things, uh, set in the Regency era, which is a Pacific era of time uh, of, like, refinery. You know, everything was proper. You know, everybody talk like this, and, yes, quite, indeed. Oh, look, it's Lady Winterbottom, and the Winterbottoms have come in. Everybody used to talk like that in the Regency era, and it progressed all the way to the Queen. Um, So... It's all of that posh kind of proper prim proper stuff but the unique thing about the show which i think this is, it might as well be a sci-fi show because the strange thing about it it's it's all of that refinery the you know early 1800s and there's there's black people in there there's black people and they're not slaves or anything like that or servants some of them are but some of them are lords and ladies and you're thinking oh is this just like colorblind casting? And I thought that was initially what it was. And I was a bit Alternate like history. weirded out. Nah, this is the interesting thing is, right? It's subtle. They do do an alternate history in the show. I've never, it's based off of a book. I've never read the books. But in the show, they make a point that the king of the time actually married a woman of color, which allowed people of color into positions of stature lords ladies and all of that jazz so at this point it's all commonplace there is no racism there's still a history of it but it's not really mentioned because everything's fine now because they all got so it's one of those ones i get it they wanted to do colorblind casting they wanted to give a reason within the story and you're kind of damned if you do time period inside history as well yeah. they want that aesthetic yes. but what, also it's, with fi- it's all casting. fictional anyway so in terms yeah. of real history it doesn't really matter like i've never watched pride of prejudice and thought to myself mm, is this historically accurate who was king and queen at this time it's it's almost irrelevant it's about the drama of that particular story that they're telling and the particular story that they're telling now is like the common trope of you know women that are put upon because their whole idea of this time period is that women can't carry wealth. The only way if, like, I'm a father and I have a daughter, I have no sons. Even if I do have sons, the case is my sons are to be married off to continue my wealth because they inherit everything. And if I only have daughters, they can't inherit anything when I'm dead. That has to go to a man. So they need to be married off. So their husband inherits my wealth and my legacy so it follows um the bridgerton family which is like a very well-to-do family and they have quite a few boys i think about three sons and about three or or four daughters and a very you know powerful family happy-go-lucky um and the daughter who is daphne bridgerton she she's struggling to find a marriage mate um right. for some reason pardon a suitor a suitor well yeah suitor to eventually become a marriage mate uh mate and the case is it's there's no real reason why she's you know an attractive young white lady you know she has delectable elbows because that's the thing right in this period of time it's like a little bit of skin is what gets people going so oh my god your shoulder meat 
oh, sexy. And <laughs> what? that's what gets people... <laughs> people going yeah. but nobody seems to be interested in Daphne and it's not one of those ones oh she's wearing glasses so therefore she's a nerd and ugly it just doesn't really make sense she eventually meets this guy called Simon who is actually a duke he's the son of a duke and they obviously on in air to be the uh, in line to be the duke of uh Hastings now right this is where it gets interesting when they meet He's got no intention of getting married, period. He doesn't want to get married to anybody. It's not his bag. Her, obviously, she's, she's desperate to, unfortunately, fulfill this obligation to be married. But she actually wants to do it how her parents did it because her parents found love. And she doesn't want a marriage of contract or convenience. She wants a marriage of love. Fair enough. But when they meet, they have a bit of a tumultuous kind of relationship is like he's very aloof she's trying to be nice and sweet but he's coming off like a douche so she hits it back and you think it's going to be that cliched thing but the twist is they come up with a plan we pretend to date so for me it gets my aunt and all of these women off of my back to try and get my attention nobody's going to be trying to you know to court me and what it does for you since i'm a duke i don't actually propose yet Make it look like we're getting more and more serious, but that makes you look more appealing to other dudes. So when it comes down to it, you're not going for the bottom of the barrel because the family doesn't want any lows. Any attention she's getting is from the lower families. She's from a high family. So she, her family believes she needs to aim a bit higher. You know, don't go for silver, go for gold. So that's the thing that they hatch. And naturally, you know, they they grow a bond but he can't act on that bond even though he eventually falls in love with her and she falls in love with him she doesn't really quite get what's going on why are you why are you being awkward you get a flashback of his backstory when he was a kid he uh, bear in mind this guy is black by the way he's a uh, i didn't mention that but the the main oh, nice. dude in it you would think yeah. it would be like, you know, a Mr. Darcy, white as rice kind of guy. But he's a black dude and he's a duke. His dad, who was a black man as well, um, I think she, he got married to a white woman or a black woman, I forget, but she was very fair skinned. When he when she was when she was pregnant with him, he didn't give a crap because he gave her daughters. And he does I don't want no daughters. I'm tired of daughters. I need a son. I need somebody to, to take my duke shit because if I die without a son, the Duke of Hastings is done out here, kid. You're giving me a son. And if you don't, I'm getting rid of, rid of you. So she's pregnant. She gives birth. It's finally a boy. And he's happy. He takes that boy. She's there on the bed, bleeding out. She dies of childbirth. My man doesn't give a crap. He said, like, I got my son. I don't know about you. I'm chilling, son. He carries on with his life. His son, as he's growing up, actually this, uh, develops a speech impediment. And because of this, oh, my God, that bitch gave me a broken son. Do you know, I don't have a son. You're dead to me. Go away. So this kid spends most of his youth abandoned from, 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 from his mother that died and his dad, who's very much alive, but just a complete and arsehole, literally spends, if, if any time to see him, it's just abuse about how broken he is. Now, he yeah, eventually grows up. He, he grows up out of that speech impediment, but with resentment. And when his dad's on his deathbed, he makes a promise to him. I'm going to make sure that there is no Duke of Hastings. I will never get married. 
I will never bear a child. So it ends here with me and you, you piece of shit. You're going to die and everything is going to be gone. Your legacy is done out here. Yeah, that's so cold, that's man. that's his motivation. Now, eventually, there's intertwining things going on as well. There's the main plot thread is actually taught through um, a uh, a monologue by this uh, this narrator played by Julie Andrews called Miss uh, Miss Lady Whistledown, and it's similar to a show that I've never actually watched, but I've kind of seen sporadically called Gossip Girl, where there's a character called Gossip Girl. You never see her. But she knows everybody's secret and she puts it up in the blog and tells everybody's secret. It's the same thing with uh, Bridgerton. Lady Whistledown, she knows everybody's shit and she puts in this paper. I'm talking about everybody, including the Queen. She puts in this paper and everybody reads everybody's gossip. Nobody knows who Miss Whistledown is. The name Whistledown is a fake name. But somehow she knows everybody about it and she divulges the secrets. Now, one of the issues is this girl, Daphne, in her process of getting a suitor, one of these suitors that she's not really fe- feeling, but her brother's trying to push upon her, he kind of, he attempts to rape her. Now, in this period of time, if you're caught in a dark place with a man, it makes it look like you're the slut. Doesn't matter what the man did, you as the woman are the slut. So eventually, what that creates in that society is a level of impropriety where you're dirt now. You're dirt out in the streets. No guy's going to go, go for you. Your reputation's ruined. Your family's reputation's ruined. You're done out here. But do, do Simon, what? yeah, what was you going to say? It's interesting, like, hearing about the plot from this. It does remind mm. me, like, um, old uh, telenovelas, like, just <laughs> about, like, oh, what? You say what? Oh, no way. What? It's drama, happened? bro. It's 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 drama in it in all in all aspects of the description, and um I was literally gonna ask you what you like about the show, but then I realized uh, I think you like what you know what I find quite interesting about you talking about this, which is the drama. And that's the same reason that like you get people liking um uh, old telenovelas, people getting mm-hmm. like uh, uh, Desperate Housewives back in the day. You got yeah. people liking um um Real Housewives of pick your state not saying that that is also that's always the real drama or if it's anything but people yeah. like uh, um that you know that conflict when it comes to interpersonal interactions with people and yeah. even if it's like people think like oh that's that's what women watch like no no uh, you literally find it everywhere even some of the shows that we've already talked about yeah. uh, today you find it there and that's what adds color to a show it just seems it like does. this show is is purely that <laughs> it's all, the, uh, this show is all about privileged people and their interpersonal politics like is there's no real consequence that it's just the cases they've created their own consequence everything is doom and gloom because of their stupid societal norms right like it's gotten so bad that one of in the later episodes um so simon obviously stops that guy from raping him and that's when they actually make the plan to pretend like they're dating but the problem is, as they get closer during this period of time, they actually end up hooking up. And this other woman who was actually trying to get Simon's affections, um, I forget her name, something called like Christa, Christabel or something like that. Now, she knows a secret and it being this society, she's about to dis- divulge that. And if she divulges it, it basically will mess her up. So yeah. now yeah. the issue is, her brother finds out about all of this. He demands satisfaction 
and not in a sexual way, in a violent way, Ken. So he asks, he, he says guns at dawn. So they go out to a field and they're about to get some satisfaction. Again, not in a sexual way, in a very violent way. They meet this guy and he says, do you have my blunt? And I'm thinking, yo, they're about to get high. I thought this was going to be violent. And it's not a blunt. It's not something that you smoke. It's actually a purse full of money. They used to call that a blunt. And he's just there to witness it. Which doesn't make sense because apparently during this period of time, gun duels are illegal. So why do you need a witness? I don't know. You just do. So in that moment, Simon is about to sacrifice himself because he wants to honor the lady's virtue. Because obviously he, he feels responsible for the situation. And he's willing to take a bullet. And the brother, being crazy, is about to follow through in it. And bear in mind, these two are, they used to be best friends. And she jumps between the bullet and this girl is crazy. She not only jumps between him and a bullet, she basically says to save you because the secret's going to get out anyway. You need to marry me. It's like, wait, what? Wait, I'm, I was just about to take a bullet for you to help you. Then you told me that we need to get married, even though I told you that I'm never going to give you kids. This bitch is crazy. Guess what? They get married and he's stuck with her and he's miserable because she wants babies. He can't give her babies. She tricks him into having sex with him and stays on top to let loose inside her. And now they're pissed at each other. This, this show is, is dramatic. This is so much drama, man. So much. So much a, drama. If this was a teenage show, it would be the angstiest show in the world. It's all angst. It is all angst. It's like, the, think of Twilight, all of the scenes of angst, minus the vampires. That's what this show is. I don't uh, know, but man. I don't know. <laughs> don't the crazy know thing, I, I found it very, very difficult at the beginning. Very, I don't know why I was watching it. I just thought to myself, ah, there's not really much popping. Let me, let me give this a go because I'm hearing people talking about it. As it goes along, I think I like the spider webs of the connections and not only that, like the weird customs of this period of time, the, the Regency era. It's a very weird time. But moving on from that, from Bridgerton, which I think is a decent watch. I think it's got a potential to be the new Downton Abbey uh, for people that are into that kind of refined television. Uh, this show called Alice in Borderland. Um, now, this show, Ken, is all kinds of messed up. It's set in Tokyo. Uh, this young man, uh, this young Japanese uh, guy uh, called Arisu, who uh, is kind of a layabout. All he does is play video games. He doesn't even bathe. He just spends the whole day locked up in his room playing video games. His dad's ashamed of him. His brother's ashamed of him. But the backstory is his mother died. Who was, he was very, very close to his mother. And when she died, it kind of broke something inside of him. All he has in his life are his two best friends. They meet up uh, in the middle of the afternoon, in the middle of uh, Shibuya, which you remember Shibuya, that massive crossing in Shibuya. Yep, yep. Yeah. If anyone for any person that hasn't been to J- yeah, for any person that hasn't been to Japan, when things are better, go to Japan. Just do it. Do yourself a favor. If you've had any desires to go to Japan, just do it. Pay for your ticket. Just have a good time. Japan's amazing. So they're in the middle of Shibuya. They're having a good time. Uh, just kind of joking around. And they kind of mess around in the middle of the crossing. They get the attention of the police. They end up running away from the police. And they break into a bathroom, lock themselves in a cubicle, and they just kind of giggle into themselves. But something weird happens. When they step out of the cubicle, they find themselves back in Shibuya, in the middle of the streets, but the streets are empty. There's nobody there. It's completely 
empty. Master Screen comes on and it tells them that it's the beginning of, a, of this game. And they're thinking, what game? They have to meet in this location. And when they do, it's just like a table with phones. They pick up the phones and they're greeted by this woman that's also there. And she's kind of like an expedition, exposition dump. And she explains that we're about to play a game. Um, do not cross that line because there's a line behind them that if they do, a laser fires from there and actually will kill them. So to prove this, she takes one of their name badges, throws it across the line, and the the laser beam drops down and and basically zaps the, the pass. So now they're in the game. And it's weird. It's just a square box. Just a room, just a square box room. Two doors, the life door and the death door on their phones it pops up that they have two minutes to complete the game and move through to the next room as they're trying to figure out what's going on because all of this is new to them they're thinking wait what then they start noticing the smell of a gas and they're slowly suffocating time is running out and they need to pick the door the young woman actually tricks another young woman that's playing the game into actually picking the life door and as the girl goes into the life door a laser zaps through her head and kills her and that's when they figure out they need to go to the other door and they go through the other door they go as they go through the other door that gas actually gets set alight and burns out that room but they just about survive it now they're in the next room they have even less time but there's two same doors and they're panicking. They don't know what to do. It's like 50-50. What, what do we do? We, 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 there's no guarantee that it's always the same door that's safe. Uh, and time is ticking slowly and slowly. But somehow Arisu, using the measurements of the room, his memory of his dad's car, which is kind of similar in length to the room, figuring out that the actual whole installation that they, they are in is, is in a square shape. So he has the idea that based off those me- measurements, he can figure out where is the best route. Now, again, it's just the theory, but he has to try out. You was going to ask me something, Kim. What was you going to ask me? Um, yeah, no, I was just going to add to this. It, um, well, two things. Uh, the first thing is that this is, this reminds me a lot of, um, of uh, that film that came out a while back ago called Escape Room, mm-hmm. where it's just like, all right, cool. You have to escape this whatever, but yes. at the same time, it, you, you, your life is on the line. Mm-hmm. Um, and the second thing, it it just it just reminds me of just <laughs> well of any anime or any yeah. high stakes anime where it's like, all right, cool. This is a really really bad situ- situation. You have mm-hmm. to use all your brain cells to try and figure out this. Uh, this out. It's a very. It sounds like a very interesting concept. Yes. Um, to the point where I'm trying to figure out where does the Alice in Wonderland influence come into beyond escaping your previous world to enter this new world and crazy stuff happening, or maybe it doesn't get any deeper than that. But you so, know, he- I hearing think the this only so far, connection is the playing card. So each game that they play, so the game that I just described is just the first of many games. So as the story progresses, they find out that one, they're actually in another dimension. It's still Japan, but it's slightly off. And not only that, the other people that they meet across the way, they actually have been there either a lot longer than them or a lot sooner than them. And they've actually been plucked out of time so it's not everybody that got plucked out at the same time. But 
by some weirdness, they all kind of sync up at the same time. Some people were taken before, some people were taken after them. But for some reason, they all ended up there at the same time. And they don't know whether it's aliens or something like that. But the whole Alice in Borderland name, I'm assuming because each game that they come across is a different playing card. And they break down that the number of the playing card denotes the level of difficulty and the actual suit denotes the theme of the game. So if it's a clubs, it's a physical game. Um... And if it's hearts, it's actually a game that will mess with your mind and your heart. I forget about the other suits, what they denote. But the worst game you can get is a hearts game because it's a psychological game. It's one that might not be solved in terms of a problem. It's yeah, essentially yeah, yeah. a sacrifice. Okay. And the second game after they leave the, the, the box room game because they managed to su- survive that is um, it was a hearts game and it was a seven of hearts and they find themselves in this arborarium and uh, when they get in they pick up the phone as usual they're given the card the difficulty and it's a hearts card each one of them have to put on these goggles with a tracking device on it and essentially how it works is that one person is the wolf three of them are the sheep and essentially by the end of the game by the end of the time limit you need to be the wolf so it's actually the sheep that are hunting the wolf and essentially what you're trying to do is have eye contact with the person that's the the wolf so that transfers over to you by the end of that game if you are not the wolf you will not survive okay but there's cool. four of them playing ken how do they get out of it yeah, this sounds like a crazy show that I'm definitely going to watch now. Um, yes. I was a bit on the fence because the, the, the title on the trailer didn't quite sell it for me. But, mm-hmm. you know, hearing quite a bit of it, it, it does make it sound a lot more interesting. It does remind me a little bit of um, Predators, mm-hmm. where those um, people from different parts of the Earth got dropped onto... They didn't know it at the time. They thought it was Earth. Yeah. But they got dropped onto a other world by an alien uh, they mm-hmm. were meant to be the baddest of the baddest on earth, the most wicked people on earth um, in terms of a physical, uh, in terms of physical traits and they survive in their own personal way. And then they were just getting hunted by these alien hunters. Uh, yeah, which is, and it just sounds like that a little bit where, okay, the aim is to survive. You either work together and survive or you either try and go off by yourself and try and do your own thing and die. Uh, no one really wins so yeah no no it, it's it's a very interesting premise it does feel like uh, a losing game where like all right you, no one's going to survive because mm-hmm. the odds are stacked against them but no i, I love uh, tv shows and uh, films that have the whole aspect of uh, games where like okay you're surviving it's not just a game where you have infinite respawns your life is your only life and the stakes yeah. are really really high so no no th- this is something that is on my list now yeah no definitely check um, it out it was a good watch it's a it's a heartbreaking watch especially where it goes like story-wise you think it's something that's going to be oh you know a genius or a good heart will win the day you you will never be prepared of where the story goes in this um it's a it's a really good show uh it does remind me of um battle royale you know what it's 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 weird. It's it's similar, but not because obviously Battle World How has that. It has a reason for what's happening, right? Japan is tired of their youth, so what it says is that hey, since you're not going to be part of the solution, you are part of the problem. So we're going to get rid of the problem. This one, 
Nobody figures out why this is happening. It's just happening. They don't yeah, even know who is scary. doing it. That's the crazy thing. They don't they don't know who's doing it, what the real purpose is. It they just and the, the worst thing about it is that the position that they're in is this like when you when you beat one of the games, you get given something called a visa and essentially it's three days of rest before you have to play your next game. If you don't, then the laser gets you. <laughs> okay. The, yeah. yeah, this is this is something that's great. <laughs> So I yeah, it. I definitely, I definitely recommend watching Alice in Borderland. It's, uh, I think it's only about ten, eight or ten episodes, but it's a, it's a great watch. I wonder if it'll get a second season. I think it, it definitely will. I think it definitely will. I think um, I've seen enough interest in it and buzz that it, Netflix will pay for a second season. I don't know whether it's a Netflix produ- produ- produced show or a Netflix bought show. Yeah, yeah. Regardless, uh, it sounds something that is. Yeah, so that definitely up for a watch. Yeah. Um, I think we've uh gone over with some of our time, but no, I've enjoyed our conversation so far. Um, I'm trying to think if we should just leave some of the stuff that we wanted to discuss just on for next week. Mm. That way we can um kind of round off, uh, have a nice just under two hour podcast episode. Okay. But but yeah, like I said, it, it's been fun. Uh, you know, it's it's been as always is always pick up brand new stuff on a weekly basis even if it's yeah. just you know psychologically or just spiritually or just something that just recommends me to you recommending me or me recommending you to things to think about or even watch so yeah um so ken it's been brilliant talking to you again um this is our fifth episode uh the big number five i'm really happy we've gotten this far um i hope our audience has actually enjoyed uh listen to us talk uh we got plans to carry on doing this um as long as there's stuff to nerd out about we are going to nerd out so this is uh tony signing out and this is ken uh it's been fun as always we will come back next week and keep the good times going adios everyone bye everyone